Well, it's good to be with you once again uh, right here in the house of the Lord. And what a beautiful, 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 uh, beautiful, beautiful day (laughs) in our neighborhood. It's wonderful out there, is it not? I don't know if you heard it last week, but the um, summer went, whatever, right? Didn't summer, you know what that is, whatever. That's what your kids say to you and say, speak to the hand, you know. And uh, summer said, whatever, I guess it's over, and, and here we come into fall, and it's beautiful out, and we love it. Uh, don't hold your breath into Hatchby, kind of like Topeka also, because it's going to change. I think it will snow in October this year, but we'll, we'll, we, we don't want that. We don't want that to happen. We'd, we'd like to have a little fall, would we not? Or, or, or uh, not fall, but just lightly glide or something. You know, it would be nice if it would hang on for a while and just enjoy that. Enjoy the great outdoors. We, to Hatchby, that's what people like to do. They like to go out, right? They like to get out and go walk and no, 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 just go home, watch football game, eat, eat lunch, watch football. You know, maybe we could do that, but because it's coming on, my phone's already going off the hook like it's, it's time for a game, apparently. Not for me, right? Yeah, not for all of us. But, hey, it's a great morning. It's a beautiful day outside, and it's good to be together worshiping and exalting the Lord. He's worthy of all of our praise, glorifying his name here in his sanctuary. God is really good. I'd like to just proclaim that once again. Uh, it's almost like we used to say those words and just, you know, but you can get out of the habit of really meaning it. But God is good. And, and, okay, good, good. You didn't, I, I didn't want you to go the other way, you know, all the time, all the time. Because we don't think about it, you know what I mean? I mean, we do, we do or we did. Remember we say, God is good all the time, all the time, God is good. And we just kind of do that. It was kind of like when I was younger, we'd sing, I'm so glad I'm a part of the family of God. And you didn't even have to even think about it because you just sing it. And you wouldn't think about how awesome it is to be a part of the family of God. And it really is. But we get used to things. We live in the flesh. We woke up this morning and we went, wow. (laughs) And maybe we pulled the cover up a little bit or something. You know, it's like... Did the heat come on? And why would the heat come on? And, well, it's getting colder. And so our bodies react to the physical things that are around us, especially when it comes to being cold or hot or something pokes us or sticks us or we cut ourselves. The body goes, ow, don't do that anymore. And, and so we live in a physical body that, uh, you know, you can't help but feel. <laughs> And we have physical eyes where you can't help but see. Now, we recognize that there's those that are challenged with some visual impairments or maybe hearing or whatever, but we we hear and we see, and we can't help but see, you know. And if something happens that we didn't want to have happen, we go, I didn't see that. And that becomes obvious at the four-way stop with the blinking red lights. (laughs) So we live in a kind of a physical world, right? I mean, one that we feel, we see, we hear, we... And yet there's, a, there's a, a greater thing that's going on, especially with God. Uh, but I would tell you this morning that, that uh, God is really good. He's doing great things, uh, perhaps in your life, perhaps in the life of your church or in your small group or your Sunday school class or whatever your, your kind of group is. Uh, he's doing good things. And, and you might not see it with the physical eyes. You might not even hear about it. Some of you only see once a week. I'll see you Sunday and then be like, see you next Sunday, maybe, because, you know, it's two out of five, three out of five, whatever full-time attendance is, it's okay. We're glad you're here when you're here, but I'll say, see you next week, and I'll, I'll see you. Now, some of you I'll see you Wednesday night. I'll see you Wednesday night because we have a dinner. Did you know we have a dinner? The body should go, I did not know they had a dinner. I want a dinner. And, and so we make dinner on Wednesday nights. Now, if you go to the women's Breakfast, you gotta you gotta bring your own. <laughs> That's okay. That's great. You know, bring bring your own breakfast. B Y O B. 
No, you could. We could just have it all together. And, and, and then, but if you come to the men's and you bring your kids with you, you they're free to come. come. Come to the men's breakfast. Bring all of them. Not, we don't have baby food, but you could bring your baby food, and, and we'll have them at ours. And we make, we make breakfast, don't we? We make breakfast at our place. Are you making it this week? Yeah, 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 yeah. Lynn's like, Hercules, you know, it's just awesome right there. It's just right there. So Lynn's glad that somebody else is making breakfast this time. Woo! So, uh, but we'll be having breakfast Saturday morning, and bring the kids, and, and you'll eat, and uh, it'll be great. It'll be great. All right. So, to God be the glory. Great things he has done. At both the women's breakfast and the, the men's breakfast. We'll have a great time. See, Goose doesn't need an older or a younger. He just needs a wiser person to do, uh, you know, <laughs> announcements. <laughs> Fact is, God is so good. We used to sing about it just about every Sunday. It seems like it, when I was younger, every Sunday we'd sing, to God be the glory, great things he has done. You know, praise the Lord, praise the Lord. Let the earth hear his voice. And we just sing that every week. If you're under 30, you're going, I don't know what you're talking about up there, but it was a song that we love to sing, you know, kind of like some of the songs we sing today that, that y'all love to sing. But, but it was a hymn. Remember the hymn? I've never figured out why they didn't make hers. But we have hymns. And uh, so it, it was a great time. Great things that he has done. He continues to do great things. And I want to affirm to you today in this community of faith that God is doing great things right here at Tinez. And uh, to him be all glory and praise and honor for the great things that he's doing. It, it, amen. Good. I, I wrote that down this week. I said, right there, they're going to say amen. And I can always count on Gary. Praise, praise the Lord, man. So if you can see, you know, if you can see with your own eyes, you may be able to sense it, that God's doing these great things. And you may be able to sense it with your spiritual eyes that God is doing amazing things in the lives of individuals, the lives of this church, the lives of the people that God's bringing to us. It's just a wonderful thing. There was a pastor that was uh, going to, he was asked to speak at a friend of his church. His friend had a church and he wanted his pastor friend to come and, and speak at his church because he was going to be speaking on healing. And uh, he came from a church that didn't, uh, they didn't really believe that the spiritual uh, gifts were still active in, in, in the body of Christ. And, and so he came from a church tradition that was like that. So, but his friend that he called did believe in that, and he wanted him to come and share about healing in their services. And he knew that his pastor friend still, uh, still believed in healing today. And, and, and so uh, the, the pastor came and he shared from God's word, and, and, and it was a very balanced message. You know, you can also share a very unbalanced message about healing. You, you can. Uh, there, there, there's a balance there between the truth of the word and what, what absolutely happens when we pray to receive healing or to, to, that God would give healing. And so he, he, he preached a balanced message uh, about how God wants to bring healing into our lives and, yes, even our bodies, uh, into our spiritual lives and into our bodies. And, and he shared about God being Jehovah Rapha. You've heard that before, and uh, you've heard Jehovah Jireh, my provider, right? You know, Jehovah Rapha, our healer is what that means. And, and how Jesus laid hands on the sick, and he healed them all. He, he healed every one of them. He, he, he didn't get to one and go, you know, and, and just go, well, I don't know. It's not working this time. Uh, <laughs> Jesus, every time that he desired to heal, he, he healed, and he healed for more than one reason, but uh, he, he healed them all, and it was a very biblical, from this pastor's perspective, it was a very biblical and balanced message about healing. 
Well, the next day, the pastor of the church met with his pastor friend, the one that brought the message, and his impression, the pastor that preached the message, his impression was maybe the night before that the pastor of the church might have gotten some negative responses from his congregation, from his church people, because of the message because of the message that he shared. Because the pastor, he met up with him, he says, I need to talk to you. <laughs> okay. You know, it wasn't like, let's go to dinner. It was like, I need to talk to you. And, and, uh, and the pastor said, okay. And the pastor of the church said, do you believe, he asked him this question, do you believe that God heals all diseases? And the pastor thought about he thought maybe that he was real, what he was really asking is, do you, does everyone get healed every time that we pray for someone to be healed? And from his understanding, the, the pastor of the church, it was that not everyone, or the, the pastor that preached the message was that not that everyone is going to be healed. It's just like everyone's not going to be saved. It, it, it doesn't always happen that way. And this is fairly understood throughout Christian faith, but again, the question was, do you believe that God heals all Diseases. And so the pastor answered with a verse that came to his mind. It was Psalm 103.3, and it says this, Who heals all your diseases? And as you may know, that is also, it also says there in that passage that he pardons all your iniquities. We used to sing that song, praise the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits, who forgives all your sins and heals all your diseases. There it is. That, that's just Psalm 103. And we believe that, right? Yes, we believe what God's word says. So the pastor that preached the message, he answered him with the passage, and he said, well, in Psalm 103.3, it says that he heals all your diseases. And the pastor of the church said, yeah, but do you believe he heals all of them? So the pastor that preached the healing message, he said, well, Psalm 103, verse 3, says that he heals all your diseases. He said, yeah, but do you believe he heals them all? <laughs> Something you could just do this all night long, couldn't you? Now, this pastor... <laughs> Now, this, this pastor, he didn't even tell the other guy that, that he believed it. He just, the scripture came to mind, and, and he shared it with the other pastor, but he didn't even say that, uh, that he believed it. He just shared the, that word. You see, there's something this, that, that we should take a moment to think about this morning as we consider what the Bible, what the Word of God says. This can be a really powerful turning point in our lives. You see, if someone quotes to us scripture, if someone shares with us from God's Word, and we get mad, well, then we got, there's a problem. <laughs> Wouldn't you say there's a problem? If you share with me the very words of God from, from God's word and it makes me mad at you, don't we have a problem? Don't we have a problem? If that is the case in our lives, we, we've probably grown up in some sort of systematic thought that has caused us to not believe completely the Word of God. Anyway, it's something that we ought to consider and ask God about. Why do I get so hot about it, Lord? Why do I get so worked up when someone shares your Word and I don't think it's right? 
It's just a thought. No charge. That one's just free. Just mark that one. Anyway, so this pastor, he says to the other pastor, yeah, but do you believe that he heals them all? Kind of in your face a little. So the pastor said to him, well, in Psalm 103. And the pastor of the church snipped at him and said, you're closed-minded. You're closed-minded. And the other pastor thought, no, no. I mean, you're (laughs) close-minded. But what a way to say it. What an interesting way to speak speak about something from God's word that he looks down at it and then he says, the the pastor that that he was sharing that with, he had opened it and said, it says right here in Psalm 103, he says, look, look, it's right here. He shares it and he says, the pastor looked down and he goes, I just don't see it. Well, you read it. It says, heals all your diseases. I don't see it. We've been speaking about the Bible as bread, the Bible as water, and the Bible as breath, and the very breath of God, the inspired word of God, and the the God-breathed words that come to us from his word, his written word. And today I want to share with you not so much the word of God as sight, but that we do not see it so much with our natural sight as we do with our spiritual sight. Because it really does take spiritual sight to understand this book, these written words that come to us from our God. And just as much as we can be physically blind or be physically impaired, we can limit our vision, it can impair our ability to see the physical realm when we have challenges with our our eyesight, we can be also spiritual blind to God's word. There's a story of a man named H. Lubbock, and he asked a very interesting question. He asked, what would it be like to see life as Jesus saw it? What would that be like? He he went on to say, suppose after almost a lifetime of low vision and dull perception, we were given the gift of vision. Wouldn't it be something like what happens when a person is nearly blind, has sight restored? Wouldn't it be like that? He, he, he went on to say that this is what happened to people with only 10% vision or less through low vision rehabilitation clinics way back. Uh, low vision rehabilitation clinics. He said one day a 35-year-old insurance salesman came to the vision rehabilitation clinic in Providence, Rhode Island, and he only had 1% of his vision since the age of 10. And he had gone through life in a very gray, shadowy sort of vision that he had. And when when a pair of magnified glasses was slipped into place, his jaw dropped in amazement. You've maybe seen it on Facebook. It's like the, there's these, these young people, there's older people too, but there's young people who have, they're colorblind. And they have these glasses that they send away for and they come in and they'll do a video with their kids and they'll take them out on the front porch and say, let's put these glasses on you. And they'll put the glasses on the kids and, 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 and that you can tell something's amazing is going on. They, they, they begin to go, oh, oh, oh. And the mom will go, what color do you see? Green. 
I see green, and I'm not sure how he knows how to say it, but he, he sees it, and he calls it green or red or, or blue, and, and, and he begins to weep. as a, And, you know, most of us at eight years old, we don't want to cry about nothing, you know, but, or, or 10 or whatever it is. And he just begins to weep, and he grabs his parents and hugs them because he can now see clearly what he could not see before. And this is what it's like during this gray shadowy period. And the person that got the glasses put on, his jaw just dropped like, wow. And then he exploded, oh, praise God. Look at what I can see. After all these years, it's a miracle. The greatest thing that's ever happened to me, he says. And minutes later, he phoned his wife and said, honey, I'm coming to home to see what you really look like. And his wife should have said, well, take a look in the mirror and you'll understand when you get home. <laughs> there was some ooze in the last service about it. Ooh, that's rough. But yeah, when your eyes are open, here's the question. Wouldn't it be great to see what God's world really looks like? To see it the way that he gave it to us? What we need this morning is spiritual sight. Not just physical sight, but spiritual sight. Not perfect understanding, but spiritual vision to see what it is that God is speaking to each one of us. God will bring the understanding, but we need spiritual sight to grasp what it is that God wants to speak into our lives each and every day as we look into his word. So let's look at our spiritual sight this morning. I want to give you three things that we can understand through God's word about spiritual blindness today. Three things. Number one, spiritual blindness robs us of our understanding. Spiritual blindness robs us of our understanding. Another way to say it is we will not understand the Bible if we are spiritually blind. There are deep levels of understanding that will only be understood as our spiritual blindness is, is lifted. As we begin to see with not just our physical eyes or our, our literal understanding, but through our spiritual eyes or, or perhaps what's even known through allegorical exegesis. We won't get into that, but it means that, that there, there are things that, are, uh, that actually happen in God's Word. There, there are literal things that are happening in God's Word, and we can understand those things, and we can see how those things work, but there's also a depth of things that are going on that we need spiritual insight to, to be able to draw out the meaning of what, what the Word is trying to say. That there are deeper levels or layers that God wants us to understand or to be revealed to us through His Word while not denying the historical and the literal meanings of God's Word. There's often something that is going on behind the verses that we, that we read that we can miss through spiritual blindness. The Bible speaks to the spiritual blindness quite a bit, and we can look at it today. So let's look at the word this morning, reading from Isaiah 48, or 42, 18 through 20. It's not very long. I'll let you stay seated for now, and, but we'll just read the word together, Isaiah 42, 18 through 20. And it says this, Hear, you deaf, and look, you blind. That just doesn't really make sense, does it not? You know, hear you deaf, and as in, as in listen you deaf, and look you blind, that you may see. Who is blind but my servant, or deaf as my messenger whom I send? Who is blind as he who is perfect? Hmm. Uh, and blind as the Lord's servant? Seeing many things, but you do not observe. Opening the ears, but he does not hear. Let me share it from another translation. Listen, you who are deaf. Look and see, you blind. Who is as blind as my own people, my servant? 
Who is as deaf as my messenger? Who is as blind as my chosen people, the servant of the Lord? You see and recognize what is right, but refuse to act on it. You hear with your ears, but you don't really listen. This, the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Father, thank you for your word. We pray today that you would open our minds, open our ears, open our eyes, Lord, that we might see not just in the physical, not just in the literal, but in the the depth of things that you want to teach us this day, I pray. And we give you thanks for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, we obviously want to be sensitive when we're talking about blindness and deafness and, and all those things, that there are those that definitely have uh, impaired vision or, or hearing, and, and we pray and, and, and we love and care and have concern for those that, are, that have a challenge in any way, shape, or form, let alone just in vision and hearing. In fact, as Lynn would say that I have a hearing problem, she, she would tell you that, but it's fairly selective, just so you know. If, if, if the Chiefs game is on, I can't hear anything else. Uh, and, and she would say, that's true. But you can see that the passage is not about the actual physical hearing and vision loss. It's speaking to a spiritual issue, a deeper meaning that is revealed through the Word of God. I'm going to share a, a number of these with you. I'll just run down through them. You can write them down and look for them later. But Isaiah 43, 8, it says this, Bring out the people who have eyes but are blind. Bring out the people who have eyes but are blind, who have ears but are deaf. Again, in context, this is speaking of a spiritual deafness and a spiritual blindness. Jeremiah 5.21, hear this now, O foolish people, without understanding, who have eyes and see not, and who have ears and hear not. You see, we can have physical eyes and not see spiritually. You see, blindness robs us of our understanding. Then in, like Ezekiel 12, 2, it says, Son of man, you dwell in the midst of a rebellious house. Of a rebellious house. This rebellion, it causes spiritual blindness. We'll see it at the end of the, chat, or the, the, the verse here. He says, Son of man, you dwell in the midst of a rebellious house which has eyes to see but does not see and ears to hear but does not hear for they are a rebellious house. Look at Zephaniah. When was the last time you went to Zephaniah? Go, go to Zephaniah 1.17. It says, I will bring distress upon men, and they shall walk like blind men because they have sinned against the Lord. Another way to be spiritually blind is, is walking in known sin, to know what is right to do and to not do it, to, to know what is wrong to do because God has revealed that to me for my life And I do it anyway. To walk in known sin, it says their blood shall be poured out like dust and their flesh like refuse. Matthew 13, 14, 15 says this. And in in them, the prophecy of Isaiah is fulfilled, which says this. It says, hearing, hearing, you will hear and shall not understand. And seeing, you will see and not perceive. For the hearts of the people have grown dull, he says. Their hearts are hard of hearing. Their ears are are hard of hearing. And their eyes have closed. Lest they should see with their eyes and hear with their ears. Lest they should understand with their hearts and turn. Turn so that I should heal them, it says. Oh, church, as a people of God, we might might understand today that what God is saying through his word, that in order to understand, 
We must have spiritual sight. We must hear with spiritual ears so that we can understand that our hearts would not be dull but be alive, perceiving and understanding the very words that are spoken from God's word that we might turn. What does repent mean? To turn so that he can heal us. So that he can heal us. We sometimes can miss this truth because, and and hear this, this is not a judgment. It's not a judgment. And if I get passionate, I'm not mad. I'm just excited. It's not a judgment, but please hear me today. The reason there are so many people struggling today, the reason that that they are not spiritually healed is because they don't turn from their sin. The reason they don't turn from their sin is that they don't have understanding what not turning is doing to them. And the reason they do not understand what is... What it's doing to them is because they are spiritually blind and deaf. Are you getting that? Oh, I pray that we're following. You see, there's a progression. Jesus is saying that spiritually they cannot see or hear. And because they can't see or hear, they can't understand. And because they can't understand, they can't turn. And because they can't turn, he can't heal them. He can't heal us if we can't turn. You see, being spiritually blind can cause us to remain physically, mentally, and spiritually, and even emotionally sick. It's the Word of God that brings the kind of change that we're looking for. It changes everything for us. It's not great preachers on TV. It's not funny stories. It's not me talking about a pea shooter or sliding my dad's car on Beach Boulevard. It's not about giving more to the church. It's not even about praying harder or fasting weekly while some of those things might be very good for our spiritual lives and helpful in our walk. It's not any of them that will bring change to us. It's only God's word that changes us, that heals us, that gives us understanding. You may remember this song. I am the God that healeth thee. I am the Lord your healer. I sent my word and healed your disease. I am the Lord your healer. He sent his word to bring healing to blinded eyes and deaf ears and even physical bodies. That's from Psalm 107.20. He sent his word and healed them and delivered them from their destructions. You see, number one, spiritual blindness robs us of our understanding. Now, what causes spiritual blindness? What is it that makes us spiritually blind? Well, I'm really glad that you asked. Uh, I just figured you would ask that question, you know, since it, it robs us. What causes it? And the, the beauty is that point number two is the answer to that pride Number two, pride causes spiritual blindness. Pride. Now, before I go any further this thought, let me help a little. Maybe take us a little off, just a little off the hook. We live in a world that just doesn't want to be condemned or judged, and, and yet this is a book of life, but it's also a book that tells us the way it really is. And, and so I'll do it this way. Let me just ask you a question. Have you ever read some verses or even a chapter in the Bible, in God's Word, and you felt as if you had no, no idea what that just said? And you, I, I've, I've done it. I read it three, four, five times. I have to call I have to call Josh. Josh, uh, tell me what this means, man, because this, and, and he could say it exactly what it means. I go, I don't see it. Right? You ever felt that way? Read the whole thing and 
I had a pastor one time I was on staff with, and I was very young, and he read a whole chapter out of the Bible, and he looked at all of us with, he, he looked like, uh, who is that? Oh, he said, huh? Not Mr. Magoo. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, I shouldn't put that on you. Um, but, but he just, he kind of had that squinty-eyed look, and uh, he says, what's that saying to you, uh, to all of us on staff? There's about three of us, I think. And I remember, I'm going to give this a shot. I think I can, I think I know what that means. I think I'm going to give it a shot. And, and so, so I answered, and, and, and he said a really nice thing to me. He says, Doc, are you mental? <laughs> and and uh, I figured out. I'm never trying that again. I'm just never going to try that again. That was too painful. But you look at you read the whole thing, and you look at it, and you read it three, four, five times. You go, I'm just not getting I don't know what that says. And we've all been there. I mean, in the natural, I'm not blind, and I'm not deaf, and although Lynn might differ, differently think about me sometimes, but I can see and I can hear, and yet there are times I travel throughout our entire house. I go from one end to the other. I go to the back bedrooms. I come around. I check the kitchen and the, and the, the living room, and I go into our bedroom, back to our bathroom. I come back out. I'll get on my knees, and I'll look under the bed, and I, I can't find my keys. And I'll do it three or four times. I even have those, those I forget what they're called, <laughs> tiles. I, that my kids have bought me tiles uh, a long time ago. I haven't even opened them up to figure out how to put them on my keys. Uh, but my phone would tell me where my keys were if I just put them on my keys. And I look all through the house looking for my keys. And then I do what all us smart guys that have spiritual depth and understanding do. We say, I, I yell out, Lynn! And I'll hear her, what? Where are my keys? And she'll walk right into the bedroom, pick them up right where I left them last time I was in the bedroom, right in front of me, right here. Dummy. <laughs> right here. No, she doesn't say that. She, she, says, she says, spiritually dull, spiritually dull man that you are. You see, I'm not visually impaired. I can see. It's just that there are times I'm not paying attention. I wrote down that Lynn would say amen right there. <laughs> I'm just not paying attention. My mind is on other things, and I'm not seeing perfectly at the moment. So don't go away today sensing that you are spiritually blind or you don't understand because you are all, you're in sin unless God, through his word, reveals that to you. That's, that's the best way. We call that conviction. See, if I tell you that, you'll go, you're judging me. But if God's word tells you that, you go, that's, I feel conviction. And conviction is a good thing that draws us towards him, not away from him. But if you are in Christ following him and you're not walking in known sin, then you just might be overloaded with the stuff of life. And it might be as simple as just adding some balance to our lives, gaining some margin and some time for rest and reflection. Sometimes I've told people that my hard drive is full it's full and stuff's just going off the back side of it. You know, I can't even hold it in RAM anymore. It just, it just pours out the other side. I need a, I need a larger hard drive. <laughs> the good part is God can give that to us. But we all go through seasons of imbalance. But here this morning we're talking about real spiritual blindness, that, that until we confess to God and repent, we will suffer needlessly, and we will lack understanding. And now back to the cause of spiritual blindness, point two. Pride 
causes spiritual blindness. I'll say it this way. We will not be able to learn or perceive or to understand much of anything from God if we think that we already know everything there is to know about God. You might as well just put a block up. When we have pride in our lives, when we are prideful and when we are closed off to any new revelation or a, a new understanding about God for our lives, by the way, a new understanding being that it's in here, I just haven't seen it before, and he's revealing that to me. That would be a new understanding personal and a new revelation personal to me. It's for our lives. We cannot perceive spiritual revelation from God's word if we have pride or arrogance in our lives. You see, because pride causes blindness to what God is trying to reveal to us. Have you ever talked to somebody that already knew everything there was to know about anything? Isn't that fun? Can you imagine how God, what God goes through with us? Let's look at John 9, 39 through 41. John 9, 39 through 41, it says, And Jesus said, For judgment I have come into this world that those who do not see may see, and that those who see may be made blind. Hmm. So if you can see, does he want you to be blind? And if you can't see, he wants you to see. See, there's something deeper going on here. For judgment I have come into this world, but for those uh, that those who do not see may see, and those who see may be made blind. And then some of the Pharisees who were with him, they heard his words, and they said to him, Oh, are we blind also? I, I, I added that emphasis because I, I think they were arrogant and full of themselves. And they thought, well, who do you think you are, little carpenter man? That, that you would think that you know more. Are we also blind? It sounds like our teenagers, does it not? I mean, they, there's a few here. You don't all sound like that, but mine, mine sometimes did. You know, uh, what? Whatever, Dad. Whatever. I used to love that. Remember when Talk to the Hand came out? Talk to the Hand. I said, you want to keep your hand, right? You, know, you might want to put that back in your pocket, you know. Jesus said to them, if you were blind, you would have no sin. This goes on in verse 41. Jesus said to the, to the Pharisees, if you were blind, you would have no sin. But now, and that can be rendered as since, but since you say we see, I got this all figured out. I already see it. I know, I know what you're going to say. Since you say we see, therefore your sin remains. Jesus also said, if you were blind, I already said that. If you were blind, you'd have no sin. He says your sin remains. You see, Jesus, he's talking about spiritual blindness. And the Pharisees are angry about his dealing with the blind man, his healing of the blind man. And when they ask him, I can imagine the question being smugly asked, oh, really then? We are blind also, you say. And Jesus' answer is right at the heart of the matter. It always is. It usually is. If you weren't so full of yourselves, if you understood that you are blind, then you would be able to see. But because of your pride, you are spiritually blind. 
You see, when we're arrogant, when we have pride, when we think we already know all that there is to know about everything that there is to know about God, we miss out on God's ordained moments that he wants to bring to us and take us through or into. We're just spiritually blind. I'll never forget, I went to a worship conference, and, and back in the day, that was just, man, every year I got one or two worship conferences I'd go to, and, and I picked one that was in St. Louis at St. Louis Family Church. I couldn't wait to go there. One of my favorite worship artists was going to be there and leading the thing, and, but I knew it was going to be pretty crazy, you know, because it wasn't like the Nazarene uh, worship conference. It was like, it was like an all-out, get-busy-with-it sort of Pentecostal in Church of God in Christ, hallelujah, get ready type of thing that I went to, and I just couldn't wait. I, I just love those people because they're just all about putting it out there, man. And, and so I remember I got there. I got there a little bit late, and I already could tell what kind of meeting it was going to be because I looked up. I, I heard him singing, and I was back and back, and I, I looked up. I couldn't see him. Well, he was laying on his back. <laughs> he was just singing, oh, God, hallelujah. And uh, I thought, okay, it's exactly what I was hoping for because here it is. So I went down. I, I Back then, I like to sit in the front, man. I'd be right down to about third row. And, and I I remember we were just singing and praising and worshiping, and we had been up. I remember my legs kind of went, ooh, I'm getting kind of tired. And uh, I looked down, we'd been up for like an hour and a half, almost two hours, singing and worshiping. But then something happened. And, and right down from me, about four people down, this, there's a lady, and she started laughing. <laughs> you know, just, just getting after her laughing. And it was during that time when the laughter thing was going on, and the Toronto blessing, and the, uh, there's one down in Florida, and there's all kinds of blessings everywhere. Everybody's running everywhere to go see what God was doing. I was thinking, why don't you just have it, see God do the thing in your own church, you know, but, but the, the, this thing was going on. And I remember, I remember thinking, see God, you know, I, that, uh, you know that, that's not of you. Hmm. That's not of God. That's weird. That's strange. That's, she's going, she's doing that, that laughter thing. See, God, I knew that was going to happen. I didn't want that to happen. It's going to ruin my whole experience. And, and I remember, you know what I'm saying? I don't like that. I like worship this way. I, I, I like to raise one hand. Or if I got to use them both, I'll do this way. Or maybe this or that or sit down, fight, fight, fight. You know, whatever it needs to be. It's just that we have a way that we like it and we don't want it to change. And you're trying to change me. And I said, that's not of God. I don't like that. She's out of order, God. And the Lord said, who are you to say or decide what is worship or not? So I was spanked most of my life. So I quickly, come on. There were times I thought it was going to be about three times a week, whether I needed it or not. It's just going to happen. It just happened that way. But so what that helped me with is I immediately said, forgive me, God. I mean now, right now, forgive me for thinking I, I own the corner on worship because I've been doing it since I was 18. And I'm something. I can play and sing some songs. And, and, and I can land on deaf ears and people can look at you and go, whatever. If it's not in the spiritual realm that God wants to take us to, and he delivered me from my attitude. 
And I had a fantastic time. I didn't laugh with her, but she continued to laugh. And we had a great time. We had a great prayer time with people. And, and the worship guy was the guy, I've, I don't remember his name now, off the back of the hard drive a long time ago. And, uh, but he was fantastic and really brought us to In fact, as I met his wife out in the foyer when it was over, and she goes, oh, it's nice to have you here. Where are you from? I said, I'm, from, I'm, from, I'm down in Texas at a Nazarene church. And she looked at me and she goes, why are you here? <laughs> and I said, because I love you people. You get all excited and you don't care what anybody thinks. You just get excited, both hands in the air. You see, I was about to miss out on some very powerful moments with God because of my pride and my arrogance. God wanted to meet me right there in that worship conference, and my attitude was, I already know everything about you, God, so I sure hope they do it the way I like it. Don't miss what God has for you today because you already know all that there is to know about how God works or what his word says today. If you think that you can see perfectly, or if you believe that you have perfect perception, you're already blind. You may not have the understanding that God wants to give you because pride is in the way. We should be ready to repent of our pride and then listen continually and learn from God, for God's word is as deep as it is wide. You could memorize the entire thing and still not get it. This book, his word, it's a spiritual book. Yes, there are historical and literal accounts, but there are also deeper revelations that can only be discerned and understood spiritually. And if pride or arrogance is in your way, we should repent and ask God to spiritually reveal his word to us again. Okay, so now for the good news. Spiritual blindness, it robs, it can rob us of our understanding Pride causes spiritual blindness. And number three is the answer. Jesus opens our blinded eyes. Aren't you grateful for that? There is a solution. It would be terrible to just create the tension and say, you're dismissed. Have a, have a nice week. We'll see you next week. But God always has a solution in his word. Let's look at Mark 8, through 25. 8, through 25 of Mark. It says, then he came to Bethsaida, and, and they, they, they brought a blind man to him and begged him to touch him. So he took the blind man by the hand, and he led him out of the town. And when he had spit, don't you love the vision of this? Here's the guy. He takes him, you know, not by the ears, but he takes him and, and he, he, he spits in his eye. Maybe he went, either way it's gross, but, but here's a visual for us. Jesus takes him out of town, he spits on his eyes, and he puts his hands on him, but then he asks him a question. I, can't, I'm, I need a drink, I can't even get, you know, he says, what do you see? I, I, I'm, a, I'm a jokester, so I say, oh, I see spit right now, man. That's all I see. Uh, you know, he didn't say that, but, but, but he says, what do you see? And he said, the man looked up and he said, I see men like trees walking. And, and Jesus didn't go, well, let me do that again. You know, he, he didn't do that. He, 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 he said, then, then Jesus put his hands on him a second time on his eyes. And he made him look up, and it says that he was restored and saw everyone clearly. 
But some would look at that and go, hmm. There are those that read the passage and they've even made the comments that they say this, even with Jesus, it doesn't work every time. Yeah. Look, even with Jesus, he had to, he had to do that twice. Must have been a tough one, a hard one. Even Jesus has challenges, they think. He had touched the man twice. Can you imagine that? And I would just say to us today that God has a God-sized reason for everything that we read from his word. And we don't always see it with our physical eyes. Therefore, we're seen with our, we are seen with our physical eyes, so we have to attribute some reason for it. Even if it's heavily educated, there's got to be a reason for this. And we won't always see it with our physical eyes. It must be seen with the spiritual eyes for God's word is packed full of spiritual sight and understanding. So let's look at God's word, what it might be saying about that right there with regard to spiritual sight. Remember, Jesus, he's led, he led the blind man out of the town. There's even a reason for that. And, and he spit in his eyes and he put his hands on him. And Jesus asked him, what do you see? Do you see anything? And he says, I see men like trees. It's weird in our thinking, but it, it, you know, it's not physical trees walking around. I see men like trees walking. So let me go through these quickly. And you can once again write these scriptures down. Maybe look them up if you so desire later. But Psalm 1, 1 through 3, it says this. Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the paths of sinners, nor sits in the seat of the scorned but the but his delight is in the law of the Lord the word of God his delight is in the word and and in his law he meditates he looks into it he seeks it in the morning and at night with all of his heart God give me understanding help me to understand your words he shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that brings forth its fruit in its season, whose leaf shall also not wither, and, weather, uh, and whatever he does shall prosper, it says. Then in Psalm 52, 8, but I am like a green olive tree in the house of God. I trust in the mercy of God forever and ever. Psalm 92, 12, the righteous shall flourish like a palm tree. He shall grow like a cedar, the hardest substance known to that period of time, like a cedar in Lebanon, Jeremiah 17, 7 through 8, blessed is the man who trusts in the Lord, whose hope is in the Lord, for he shall be like a tree planted by the waters, which spreads out its roots by the water and will not, and, and will not fear when it comes, when heat comes, when the heat comes, but its leaf will be green and will not be anxious in the year of drought, nor will cease from yielding fruit. Leaves that aren't anxious. That's wonderful. I don't like anxious leaves. Do you? No. Isaiah 55, 12. I just, I'll just sing this one. For you shall, go, you shall go out with joy and be led forth with peace. The mountains and the hills will break forth before you. There'll be shouts of joy. And all the trees of the field will clap, will clap their hands. Eh, we sing that all the time. We had... Well, I won't go there. But the trees of the field will clap their hands. Who are the trees of the field? Matthew 7, 17. Even so, every good tree bears good fruit, and, but a bad tree bears bad fruit. How about Zechariah 4, 11 and 4, 14? When I answered and said to him, what are these two olive trees at the right of the lampstand and at its left? 
So he said in verse 14, these are the two anointed ones who stand beside the Lord of the whole earth. You see, there, there are two witnesses that we see in Revelation. If you want to know about them, go to the Revelation class on Wednesday nights with Sean Clifton. He's still working there, isn't he? You are. Amen. Yes. The two trees, they're the two witnesses that we see in Revelation. Revelation, they're, they're not trees. This is symbolic. This is a symbolic for, for people. Revelation 3, 4 says, And I will give power to my witnesses, my two witnesses, and they will prophesy 1,260 days clothed in sackcloth. These are the two olive trees and the two lampstands standing before God of the earth. You see, Jesus puts his hands on the blind man and he spits in his eyes and Jesus looks at him and says, what do you see? And the man that was blind says, I see men, I see like men like trees walking around. Now just hang here a minute for me. He says, I see trees like men walking. We're talking symbols here. We're talking spiritual meaning here. You see, when Jesus put his hands on him the first time, Jesus healed the man's spiritual eyes. But when Jesus put his hands on him the second time, he healed his physical eyes also as well. For the first healing was his spiritual eyes. For the man said, I see men like tree walking around. You see, Jesus opens blinded eyes. Jesus heals both kinds of blindness. But before he can heal our physical eyes, God wants to heal our spiritual eyes. Every time God touched somebody and healed them, he'd bring healing to them. And then say, go and sin no more. Jesus spit and touched the man and then asked him, what do you see? Can you see? Can you discern it? Can you understand it? Not without Jesus healing our spiritual eyes, we can't. And when he touches us and heals our spiritual eyes, we'll see with natural eyes the physical world that we live in and the needs that are before us because Jesus heals our blindness, thanks be to God. You know, sometimes us as Christians, we fuss. The fact is, we fuss so much with one another, sometimes people don't want to be identified as Christians. <laughs> they, they've changed the word. I don't know if you've heard it. They want to be called Christ followers. They don't want to be called Christians anymore because they're such a negative. We get together and there's, where two or three are gathered, we will have disagreement every time. It won't just be, well, I don't mean us. We're, we're a good church, you know. So I, I'm talking about all them other churches out there. Yeah, 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 it's not us. But Christians, we, we, we fuss about things that are just silly for us to fuss about. We don't like the way our pastor said that or, or the way our teacher taught us this morning. We don't like how the TV preacher quoted that verse and especially the fact that he wasn't even using the right version to begin with. We don't even like the way the person that sits across from us, maybe at our small group or a class or something, that, that they interpret that passage I'm not sure he or she got that right. Perhaps uh, I need to enlighten our group. Uh, maybe I should share what I know about this. When what is really needed is for me, for us, to hear the voice of Jesus to say, to, to, to hear his voice today with his hands on us, looking into our face. Don't worry, he's not going to spit in your eye. He's asking us, what do you see? Come here, come here, come here. Let me take you out here. What do you see? What do you see? And my answer might be, Lord, it's fuzzy. 
I can kind of make it out. I, I think I see spiritually. You know, kind of like men, like trees, walking around. I think I'm beginning to see spiritually, Lord. I mean, I, I know that doesn't make sense, but I'm beginning to see. I think I'm beginning to understand I think I'm starting to see what you want me to see. I don't have it all figured out, but Lord, please continue to teach me from your word. Help me to see uh, the, uh, others the way that you see them. Help me to see with your eyes. I mean, this is amazing to me, Lord, that you want to you teach me and you want to lead me. And I don't have to get freaked out about those who don't believe everything exactly the way that I believe it. You know, like those other ones that say, do you suppose we are blind also? You see, spiritual blindness robs us of our understanding. It, pride causes us to have spiritual blindness, and Jesus is ready to open our blinded eyes. Stand with me this morning, would you? How is our understanding today? Is there any pride in the way of any of us comprehending what God's actually saying and doing Maybe you didn't see a spiritual life come alive this last week, but it happened. So you didn't see it. Can you perceive that that's going on? Can you perceive that God is working? Can you, can you understand that, that God's doing things that go beyond what I think I can comprehend unless he lifts the blindness of my eyes? If we'll only let him if we'll only let him. With our heads bowed and our eyes closed this morning, would you just pray? Open our eyes, Lord. We want to see Jesus. To reach out and touch him and say that we love him. Open our ears, Lord, and help us to listen. Open our eyes, Lord. We want to see Jesus. Father, this morning, we've all been there. Some of us have been there this week or last month or, I don't know, we live in such a physical realm that anything that impacts our, our tangible senses, we tend to react to or respond to. And Lord, I pray that we would begin to see with the sightful eyes that you bring into our lives, Lord, as we turn, as we turn from our arrogance, as we turn from our pride, and say, Lord, help me to see with your eyes. Help me to not be blind to what you're wanting to say to me. Lord, may it impact, yes, my spiritual life, but Lord, may it bring healing to my physical life also, Lord, for you heal all diseases. So, Lord, may that be true in our lives this morning, that we allow you to bring healing to our spiritual understanding so that we can turn and we can be healed. We give you thanks for that, Lord. If there are those that are here that say, I haven't even begun to follow God. You could ask him this very moment, the God of all creation through Jesus Christ, his son, who came and died to bring forgiveness for our sins, we can accept that free gift that Jesus gave us 
and we could do it. You can pray it with me. When I say, Lord, I, I need a relationship with you. Would you come into my life today, Lord? I don't even know how exactly that means, but I want you to forgive me my sin. Give me the understanding I need and help me to turn from those ways that are unpleasing to you, Lord, and help me to walk in your paths of righteousness. I make you Lord of my life today. Forgive me of all my sins, Lord. And I thank you for it as much as I know how to thank you for it. And I pray it in Jesus' name. Amen. And with our heads bowed and our eyes still closed, if you prayed that prayer today, no one looking around, I want to know so that I can pray for you. Is there anyone like that first time today that you made that commitment to Christ? All right. All right. Well, Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you for the opportunity to to share it, to assimilate it, to take it in. Now, Lord, may it continually come forth from us, Lord. And as we go out into the world this week, Lord, we'll deal with it in a very physical way through sight and sound and feeling and and smells and all the different things that come our way. Lord, help us to see the deeper meanings that you have for us as we read your word and as we respond to the world that you've created for us, Lord. We ask your blessing as we go from this place. Bless these, your people. We deal with real challenges, real real problems every week, Lord. I pray that we'd see your hand working in them as we go from here. And, Lord, may we be a light to a darkened world as we go. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. God bless you. You're dismissed. Thank you.